Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fould. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and even heal under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in the time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today I'm very happy we have as our guest, Effie Cohn, who is a physical therapist. Welcome Effie, glad to have you here. Thank you for hosting me. Now, my, my question to you is I've read some of your, what you've written about how you understand what, what a physical therapist is, because you sound a little different than some I've heard before. So sure. tell us what your, your view is. So to simplify it, we study the way people move and how and why they move that way. So think about when somebody comes to a physical therapist, most people know physical therapist as someone has an injury and they need to rehabilitate. They sprained their ankle, they fractured, they may have fallen. And so now they have to get back and move. And so what we do is we think about what happened to this person, how did it happen? And what we could do to teach that person to sort of correct the problem and let them move better. But we also work with babies who are born who are not developing at the age that they should be developing. And we also work with people who unfortunately had a stroke or some sort of brain injury. We also work in the world of prevention. And so that's not as popular as most people know, but this is an area that I've recently explored in the past few years. Yes, well, prevention is something that I guess this last year has given us some indication that maybe we all need to look at prevention, you know, in all areas. And I also wonder if, you know, at this time, I've got a number of thoughts about what you're talking about, but this pandemic, this time of of, uh, change for us all, I I would imagine it's affected how we all walk or how we all, our our posture, I guess, because I'm sitting here hunched over this computer as are most people. And I know I have to get up and walk every time I finish something. But how, what have you seen during this time with, with people and their bodies? You actually made a very good point. So this is exactly where I spend my time. I'm, my purpose right now is to help people be most productive at their workstation. And so what happens to all of us, we now rely completely on technology. I think that's what COVID has showed us is that all our businesses and our day-to-day activities, everything has become an online venture. And so when we sit down or stand up in front of a piece of technology, the last thing we don't think about is our posture and our body mechanics. And so when you start off your day in poor posture, you fatigue quicker, you end up developing discomfort, pain, then you don't feel well, then you're running to your appointments and figure out what actually happened. And if you're working, it's your absent time. Then you're disengaged with what you're doing, and then you want to quit whatever you're doing. And so for me, working whether I'm working with individuals or the employees, it's important that they're most productive or in students, most productive in their working or learning environment. And so encouraging and fostering and facilitating teaching healthy habits, simple tricks and strategies, and exercise that you could do wherever you're working to keep you most productive. So, yes, you bring up a few points. Number one. Working with technology, we forget about our posture. 
We also don't move around as much. And so now we have a lot of people who are starting to get out more because of the vaccine and the sort of regulations in terms of what they can do and more ability to do things. And so now they're trying to go out and about what they used to do prior to COVID and say, hey, I can't walk as far or I'm having a hard time keeping up with whatever I used to do prior to COVID. And so what we've learned is A, the importance of moving around. So even though we rely a lot on technology and we're still doing a lot of things virtually, to schedule in that time to move around. However you're gonna be moving around, whether it's gonna be just short distances in your home and apartments to do something and actually schedule time to walk around the block a few times and getting your exercise scheduled in. We also have to learn what should we do to have a healthier work environment? So yes, I'm sitting for a long time, but I could do it in a better way that keeps me more productive and I can get more done. So let's learn about those strategies. Another thing is what does my setup look like? Am I using a PC? Am I using a laptop? Am I using a tablet? Am I using a cell phone? It's gonna make a difference. And the most important is knowing what you're doing when you're doing it. So if you are having a video conference like we're doing right now, and you're primarily just using your camera, you wanna make sure that you can look directly into the camera. So if you have a PC, many times a camera is attached to the top of the monitor. But when you have a laptop or a tablet or a cell phone, you have to think about positioning them, those devices onto something. So right now my laptop is on a tissue box because when it's on a tissue box, I can look directly into the camera. So you can use simple things in your homes to actually modify your workspaces. Absolutely, so, I, just, I just gotta tell you, I've got my laptop now on two books, one, uh, two large books. One of them is a Van Gogh book that I bought years and years ago with all the pictures. I just don't, I didn't wanna throw it out. It's too beautiful, but it's very thick. And yes. the other is my college yearbook. Again, a very thick piece that I never read because too, you know, who has time to go back and look at your college <laughs> yearbook? But it raises my laptop up to where I'm comfortable sitting in front of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we learn how to make those adjustments so then we're actually sitting better, breathing better, feeling better and being most productive with our work that we're doing. So I would say those were the insights and it kind of just lended in to what I've been talking about prior to COVID. So prior to COVID, I used to work with people on site. And now that we had COVID, people learned how to work via their computers to do the same type of work and make them most productive. When you start with a client, uh, you're working on the computers, how do you begin to help the client? I mean, the client says, or I come to you and I say, I'm working from home and I'm having a backache or whatever. What's mm -hmm. the first thing you ask me to do? Or, it's a great question. So one thing I tell them, you have to know, I still have my physical therapy eyes in the camera. And so what I'm going to be telling you is what I know of how you are sitting and how you are standing. So the first thing we do is just talk about that and change the angles of camera. So I know where they are sitting up more upright and standing more upright. So for yourself right now, Tom, you're looking down at your camera, I would adjust your uh, laptop screen so that you can look straight into the camera and not look down. So that right. would be just an advisement for you. It may need just a little bit more elevation. So first we start off with the exact setup because I could tell how people's desks are set up and we go through simply the setup, how you show me how you use your desk, what you're using it for so that we can work on a way that your body has the most symmetry as it sits, as it moves around the body mechanics using that desk space. And then we go through, we go away from the desk 
and we can I can kind of do a sort of a body of screen. I get them further enough from the camera so I can screen and see how they're using their body and then go back to the desk and then teach them about how to better use their body at the desk. Yes, I mean, and I'm amazed about how different it can be when you change how you use your body. I mean, I'm talking from personal experience now because at a very late time in my life, I started to get some help and, mm -hmm. and it came to be shown something I guess I knew, but I didn't see, which mm -hmm. was that I, my toes went out, my mm -hmm. feet went out to the right, out to the side, out, outside instead of straight ahead. Mm -hmm. And the process of turning that around has been a long process and is, and is, and is also, another piece that I, I, I bet you can talk about is, it's mental as opposed to physical. I have to think about my feet when I walk. And you I'm, bring I'm, up an excellent point. And then when I work with clients, I let them know it's going to require work. It's going to require thinking. A, the first part is awareness. What have you been doing and what I need to do to change that? And it requires a lot of mental. Yes, the mental part of it, it's not just a physical. So it's not just jumping on a piece of equipment, having a video or some headphones and listening to music. It's actually thinking about what you're doing and what you need to do to move better because it's going to, you have to change the way you think about your body. So it becomes more subconscious as opposed to conscious. So it starts off conscious and the more you do becomes subconscious. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, and, and also you become aware. I decide to become aware now that I'm, when I'm out walking and part of, I agree with you totally. I try to get out every morning uh, and it's easier now and the winter was very tough, but it's mm -hmm. easier now to get out for a half hour or so and walk around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But now that I am and other people are, I'm noticing how they walk. <laughs> I never noticed that before, but that makes you aware <laughs> of different things also. Yeah, so I, I get that frequently as a comment from my clients, but the other comment I get is, Effie, I hear you in my ears speaking, like you're on my shoulder telling me what to do with my legs, what to do with my body as I'm walking, and it's a great reminder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I think I could say that too. Um, how did you get into this? I, I don't know. Usually something has, usually, my experience, because I've interviewed a lot of people who do healing work of somewhat like yours and others, many of them came to it by accident. And by accident, I mean, they had an accident and somebody helped them. And they, how did you come to the work you're doing? That's very interesting. So have I had accident? Yes, but that did not bring me to physical therapy. Okay. It's actually, I've always been interested in medicine and helping people. I find that it's just my personality. I have the patience to help people with their healing process, just patient listening, redirecting, and bringing out their potential in terms of what they can do for themselves and how they move. And so I did a lot of volunteer work in high school. I've worked with children with disabilities and then volunteered in the hospital and then with seniors and sort of, I learned all about not only the medical field, but also rehabilitation. And I found like it was a great fit for myself. You spend a longer time with the patient and you really get them back to who they wanna be or for the first time watching somebody walk for the first time. So it's extremely rewarding and allowing someone being part of that process and helping them learn about themselves and moving better. So that's kind of how I fell upon physical therapy. It wasn't because I was a high-end athlete and had some injury or a dancer or a performer. I did have some of those people in my class, but for me, it was just more of, I knew I really wanted to work with people. I was interested in medicine and 
in that discovery path, I fell upon rehabilitation and I felt it was a great fit. That's interesting and, and wonderful. I mean, not, not many people have that insight early on to know mm -hmm. this is where I'd like to go and then to find a way to get there. Mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. that's quite wonderful. Mm -hmm. but now, when you today, well, I don't know if today is, is, is accurate because of the COVID, but before to COVID, who were your patients? Who were people that came to you? I mean, various ages, I imagine. So I work with all ages, most diagnoses. I've worked for NYU Langone and Hospital for Special Surgery. I've worked with most populations and diagnoses. So for me, I love people, doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. And to me, I embrace most people's challenges. Those who find me, they're looking for an expert. They're looking to, they may have a chronic problem that they want to finally deal with and heal with. It could be that the physical therapy gym doesn't work out well for them. It could be someone who had complicated surgery, again, is looking for that one-to-one -one individual healing. And in the wellness world, it's employees who want to be most productive at their workstation and they feel like they need the tools to help them use the technology. They're finding that they're fatiguing quicker. They're finding that when they're under stress, they assume stress postures, which should give them other symptoms. And so what they want to do is to get their job done, be productive and proactive. And so they also seek to find my services. So it's all sorts of situations. It even includes families who may have a sick family member battling cancer, what they can do when they spend that time with that family member or an aging parent, what could they do with that family member? Again, the point is to allow people to be the most independent, the most productive with their life as is right now. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was thinking as you were talking about practitioners I have known and gone to whose posture, I don't mean that they didn't have good posture, but because of what they're doing, they were, their posture changed and they were, they were straining like a chiropractor or massage therapist or people like that. They must get very tired at the end of the day. Yes. So those who do work that puts them in interesting postures, they have to learn how to use their body. And a part of our schooling and training, whether we're in the actual formal schooling and training to be physical therapist or post-school, we learn how to use our bodies to be the most effective. Because if we don't, then we ourselves become the patient. So we're constantly assessing and reassessing how we use our bodies so that we don't become the patient. And we work with those professions that are more at risk or need that awareness to learn that they are more at risk because of just how their jobs are set up. And so I also can work with those professionals and help them with a better use of their workspace or their workflow so that they can prevent those injuries from happening. I can imagine you could be very helpful to first responders, to people during this COVID who have been up for two hours, two days in a row or whatever. I mean, there's an awful lot of stress and strain out there in the world. How, is you, how has it been since the beginning, this last year and a half, whatever, how has it been different for you in terms of dealing with your clients, in terms of who you see? So excellent question. I went from in-person to doing everything through a tele-session. And at first, I can't say that I was excited about that because for me, I always spend so much time in person with my clients and going to my clients, whether it's their homes or offices or gyms. And now it became through the camera. And for those who already know me, who have an established relationship, 
they already know who I am, what I look like, but then meeting new clients, it was that experience, okay, here I'm speaking to someone via camera, developing that trust via camera, who am I talking to? And I think for those, it really tested their teaching skills. So if you had good teaching skills, this was just another medium for you to sort of be creative with your teaching. But for those who don't have great teaching skills, I think they realize they're gonna to have to learn ways to teach better using just a telesession. And so creativity, I think in any profession, when you add your creativity, it just adds to what you do. And so you think quickly and you say, okay, I'm in your house right now, but it's via camera. So we're gonna just have to distance the camera. I want you to be in this position over here. Let's talk about the exercise that you can do with this piece of furniture or in this location, that'll be excellent for this. Or while you're working at your workstation, move your camera back a little bit, I'll move mine so you could see how I'm sitting and try to do the same thing. And so what it is was, is just that you have to learn technology <laughs> and the lighting and making sure you have a good reception and can you move the camera away? And can you show where you are that there's not too many distractions around you via sound or sight that they can focus on you so you could show them what changes they have to make and do that with them. And use your descriptors and your words. You have to learn to sort of dig into better word use that's more clear as you're speaking to people via camera. Yeah, and you would be helped. I mean, I was helped. I don't, I don't want to accuse you of being aged in any way. But I was helped because at my age, I did not have a great computer skill. And I have luckily a 24-year-old daughter who helped me to set up these podcasts now, mm -hmm. now that we're not in person. Mm -hmm. help some, if you don't have the technology, you have to bring in somebody who can help you do it. Yes. And so some sessions have to do with technology. You know, is you, could you use your phone? Could you use your tablet? Could you use your laptop? And so you learn, it's a learning curve for everybody, what's comfortable for the client, what, how they're used to learning, and then just trend, making that transition. So I think we learned a lot about flexibility. We also learned a lot about opportunity. And I think that it allowed us to realize that our markets are bigger and we can reach out to people further distances away. And I think that has been helpful for a lot of people too. Yes, have you experienced that in terms of I imagine since you were talking about the New York area with the hospitals you worked at, now you could do work with someone in San Francisco. Have you experienced that during this year? So I've experienced connecting with people all over. I've actually attended networking events in Australia, oh. I've been in Canada, all over the United States. And it's been a wonderful experience because I think if you know what you want out of your networking experience, you can connect with those, those people of whom you want to network and think about who your target market is. And you have to understand that we have different personalities and different work cultures throughout the United States and throughout the world. And so if you're looking for progressive thinkers in terms of their well-being of employees, they could be anywhere. And so just having those conversations and having those asks when you meet people and they take you to the next place where they may have those decision makers who you need to speak to has been a great opportunity. And can you uh, work with a group of people in this setting? Yes, yes. So the program that I have for employees is, starts off, it's scalable. So you can work yeah. as a webinar, so it's informational. So you sort of get the basis of why, what we're looking at. What are the basic components of having good posture? And then you grow the program. You can work with the individuals because each person moves their body differently and each person understands their body differently. And so once a person knows how they move, they can then go back to the group and work with the group. So there are benefits working with the group. 
And then there's some not such great benefits working with the group, especially when you're learning because everyone's a different student. So you have to sort of figure out what could be taught as a group and then the benefits of having some individual instruction. Right. I'm gonna go back a little on something because we're talking about the COVID and now we're all beginning to have the opportunity, maybe not everyone, but many areas, New York area, New Jersey area, opportunity to, to start moving out a little more. And as you say, people are discovering that they have been sitting on the couch for much too long and that their bodies are not responding as well. It's mm -hmm. hard to talk about that. And I really think it would be important. One of the gifts we can give to people now is what kind of things should, can, I don't want to use the word should, but can people do who have been cooped up and are beginning to go out and noticing that their stamina is not as good. Their balance is maybe a little off. Mm -hmm. They're not able to walk or whatever as fast or as far. What simple things might you offer to them right now? Sure. So first of all, don't be discouraged. If you only can walk one block, start off with one block and then just keep increasing it slowly because it will come back. It just will take some time. Number two, if you've been sitting for a while, you want to sort of prep your body and your legs to walk. So the easiest thing you can do is do marching and sitting where you just, as you sit, lift one of your legs up and hold it for a count of three and then alternate your legs. And then you could do the same thing at standing by a countertop where you have the most support. I love the kitchen countertop because you could just put your hands on that countertop and there's many things you could do for stability because you always want to make sure that you're in a safe environment. You don't know what your balance looks like. So you could put your two hands on your countertop and then you could practice lifting your legs up like a marching motion and then holding the leg in that position for a little bit to build the strength and the endurance of actual walking. It also helps you with your balance. And so what people forego is working actually on balance. And it's really important to practice standing on one foot. And so I love the kitchen countertop because your hands are on there. It gives you that safety and the stability. So practice standing on one foot with your, with your hand support and then slowly lift your hands away so that you can develop that strength and balance of holding one leg up. Because part of having decreased endurance has to do with also your balance. If, you can't hold, if your legs can't hold you up, you can't hold yourself up. It works together. Well, that's wonderful. Those are very good, very good examples. And I must say something, I've been doing something similar to that in terms of getting the balance. And what's interesting and what I think your, your patients, clients, whatever you would find out doing that is that unconsciously you start moving away from the counter a little when you get feel more balanced and you find, because the first time I started doing it, I had a lot of questions about whether I would be balanced or not. And I can hold on to that counter as much as I could. Mm -hmm. However, after a while, I found out I was moving away. I didn't need that. Mm -hmm. But that, which was quite wonderful because it gives you confidence. It builds confidence. Yes. Yeah. So those are yes. two wonderful suggestions. Thank you so much. How much. And it's for all ages because the more you sit, the more you get stuck in certain positions. And so when you get up, you feel like you're stuck. You can't really straighten yourself up. And so it just gives you kind of like a warm up to get yourself moving. It's an alert, an alert to your body. I'm, I'm going to get up now. And, and that's, that's, I guess, it's like anything else. Be prepared. And yes. Get ready for that. Well, that's quite wonderful. Um, any other, we, we are amazing how this time goes by. We're going to go we're almost finished, but any other one or two suggestions that you have for people that will help them the most? Sure. I would say remember to put your feet flat on the floor when you are sitting. So it happens many times when people use their computers, but in other positions too, 
your feet somehow are not flat on the floor. People tend to sit with your up on their toes, their legs are crossed, they're sitting on their legs or in their feet. And it's so important to have those feet flat if you really wanna work on your posture because any other type of position doesn't foster, facilitate good upright posture. And also they end up getting stuck in a position for a while. And we mentioned it a little bit before, change your positions because you sit in a position, especially if it's not in good posture for a while, your body will get stuck and you will feel discomfort. So what we're trying to do is prevent you from getting to that stage and phase of discomfort and pain. And we wanna keep you moving. And so important A, you mentioned it before, get up and move around, just remember to do that. And it just means walking through your rooms. If you have stairs, use your stairs, but if you just have an apartment, just walk around your apartment and then come back to your desk. And then also how you sit, start with your feet flat on the floor, that's your first step. It takes people a while to get used to that. And once you start with that, you start paying attention how you move your body and how you, what your setups look like, like we mentioned before. Use things in your house. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You could use your books from college. You could use your tissue boxes, your Amazon boxes, paper towels, toilet paper. What do you have? I mean, COVID, we realized we had to store up. So whatever you have, play around with those things that, you, that allows you, a setup that allows you to sit up because that will keep you in less discomfort, actually comfortable and productive for a long time. And that's our goal. That's wonderful, Effie. Thank you so much. And now as we are about to end, if someone who's listening is like me and wants to, I have about 20,000 questions to ask, would like to get in touch with you and maybe work with you, how, how's the best way for them to do that? Sure. So my website is www.proposturous. It's a play on the word preposterous because people's postures turn preposterous. So we are proposturous.com. You could email me at efrat, E-F-R-A-T, at preposterous.com. Or you can reach out via phone at 347-855-5425. Well, thank you, Effie. That is wonderful. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I really think you've brought some in good insight and good information, what I like to call good news to people in these times when we need good news. How yes. can we get started <laughs> again? How can we get out doing what we love to do? I don't think I'm gonna run any marathons, but I do feel better about taking good brisk walks. Yes. So thank you so very much for being on the heart, the heart of Healing the Pandemic episodes. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure.